My name is Sefa. I'm Sila. To the vast intergalactic space of the interwebs, it is I, your favourite songstress, interest, mistress, mattress, actress in the fortress, who is now stressed with an empress, Shalama. Malo la vale soy fu amawa manelangi mama ila pe iya mari mama rule tatu atu nuu lo olango lango ina matu podcast ne or the night at the brown table. Um, so just to honour the end of our Samoan language week, thought it would be good to give a little mention. Um, and thank you to everyone that's been listening. So just like a rundown on news this week, there was a lot that happened. So um, the second is we just want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the country in which we meet today, the Baramadagal people, a clan of the Darug, and recognize their continu- continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging. I um, thought it would be good for us to, uh, there was on Twitter, someone was saying that to shout out what is the traditional name or the indigenous name of the place where you're from. And so just thinking of that, Earlier this week, we had Sorry Day, which is on Tuesday the 26th of May. And it's a day that we remember and acknowledge the mistreatment of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who were forcibly removed from their families and communities, which we now know as the Stolen Generations. Thoughts are with survivors, families, communities impacted by past and present state policies that take Aboriginal kids away from the culture and mob. We pay tribute to the many thousands of First Nations people. We acknowledge the pain and trauma suffered and we remember the children who will never come home. Just thinking of that I I think this a lot of the time this week I couldn't help but my heart feel broken at different mm. moments um, so on Tuesday I couldn't help but think of how I was so unaware of what the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people what they suffered um, with the forcible removal of their children for such a long period of time and I couldn't help but think of um, the movie Rabbit Proof Fence which we watched in English and I remember how I just couldn't stop crying, um, seeing how Daisy, Molly, and Gracie, um, seeing them and their families, and just the the weeping and the wailing that came when um, they were taken. And so um, we, we we acknowledge them, and we hope that um, with time that they will continue to find healing. And so just a rundown of the topic that we wanted to talk about with the George Floyd. There's a lot of things that kind of led up to that. And so it started off in February, um, February 23rd, a few months ago, Ahmed Arbery. He was an unarmed 25-year-old African-American man who was fatally shot near Brunswick in Glynn County, Georgia, while jogging. And then on March 13th, Breonna Taylor, a 26-year-old African-American woman, was fatally shot by Louisville Metro Police Department officers who entered her apartment in Louisville, Kentucky, while serving a no-knock warrant. And then earlier this week, there was a lady named Amy Cooper. It was in Central Park when Christian, who was birdwatching, told her to leash her dog. And she called the police and made a false report. She threatened his freedom and life, and while claiming at the same time that he was threatening her life and safety. At the same time that that was happening on the other side of American Minnesota, on the same day, 25th of May, George Floyd, an African-American man from Minnesota, was killed by Derek Chauvin, a white Minneapolis police officer who knelt on Floyd's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. George Floyd said, officer, I can't breathe as he struggled for air. He said these words a total of 15 times, not once, not twice, but 15. Just thinking about a lot of the things that were kind of like brought up in the news this week, a lot of it was kind of like racially charged charged things. And so for me, I was just like, what are our thoughts? And so what are our thoughts on what, what can we do to try and combat that? 
Amy Cooper. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Dramatic. Yeah. But on a serious note, there are serious consequences to what could have happened. Mm. You know what I mean? As, as humorous as it can be, in the political climate that we have today, don't do that. One of the things, especially from that video that I watched of her, was how she recognized the fact that she was going to call the police to tell them that there's an African-American threatening her life or, or something of that sort. And I thought that was disgusting to mention. And then Sis went on the phone and wanted to act her life out while she's choking a dog. But the thing yeah. is, like the whole time, I'm just like, can you see that you're being recorded? And just like, I was just like, this woman and her acting skills, just the hysteria and stuff, I was just like, it was blown out of proportion. But the thing is, Amy is not the only one. Mm. And I know that we've seen a lot of other videos where there have been people who automatically get assu are assumed that they're guilty or that they're a criminal or that they're doing something. I saw a video earlier this week where there was a UPS driver, delivery man. Oh, and I saw that one. Oh and then, in the gated yeah. neighborhood? Yes. In the gated community? Yes! And that lady was just like, no, you look suspicious. He's wearing the uniform and he has the packages on the trolley. What looks suspicious to me? The only thing that looked suspicious was because he was black. Mm. And for me, I'm just like, I do not understand why people, like especially with the riots that have come about because of this buildup of different people losing their lives and a lot of people making a big deal out of the property and these riots and all this stuff, but they are not making a big deal out of the fact that people are literally dying. Yeah over matters that do not mm. it, does, it, does, it doesn't matter over things that don't matter things that they're not guilty of Breonna Taylor a woman that was literally shot and killed and she was an EMT it's a note to say about how we handle our prejudices but I think it's important as people what, what we're doing to check that so it doesn't manifest itself in mm -hmm. harmful ways to other people understand what is happening in your own mind why are you feeling this way why do you think this way is that I, does that correlate to what's actually happening? I think it's time. This is the time you can do it, as in assess what make what what thoughts are brought up in your mind when you see videos like this or situations like this, and what would you do if you were in them? For me, what really stood out is, especially with the whole George Floyd situation. Um, there's a sense of surrealism that I felt when I watched the video, but more than that, it was it, it helped me identify within myself how normalized this behavior is because mm. I saw it, but it didn't register as it being real because it felt like it was a movie and there was like a voyeuristic kind of attribute that I had towards the situation. But it wasn't until the whole George Floyd was humanized and he was fleshed out as a person through um, his fiance and um, seeing interviews of his family members, his sister and his brother, um, and also his former employers, players, sorry. Um, like that was when I, I really had that moment of, wow, this, this is a person and this is not just one person. There's so many other people that fatally die because of situations like this and it's unfair and it's unjust and it just broke my heart. I, I, I really just don't like how that attitude exists in me where I've normalized it to a point where it's like, oh, cool, like, that's it. The whole desensitization yeah. of things. For me, honestly, I, I couldn't watch the video. I started it and then I just couldn't. I think I couldn't help but think of, well, I don't know if this is in, in relation to it, but um, a few years ago, my, my cousin died of suicide. And I remember at the funeral, we had an open casket moment afterwards for people to come and view his, view his body at the church. 
and I'll never forget how angry I was getting seeing people come and climb around and take pictures mm. and then I heard this one little kid say see you can see he hung himself and I remember being so enraged um, and he was only little and I know that he didn't understand what he was saying but I yelled at the kid I was like shut your mouth and for me when I think of that I can't help but think of George Floyd and his family members seeing that people are clamoring watching this video some people sharing it some people liking it and all that stuff but this is literally someone that was loved mm. this is someone's son this is someone's brother um, and it's heartbreaking to think that sometimes it takes someone having it's, it's only when we try and find a connection that we can feel we can personalize the situation and like Lamar was saying we get bombarded with all these images and videos of literally literally all the time of black bodies um, people dying for unnecessary reasons and for me I'm just like when is it going to stop like when will people realize that it is wrong for us to racially stereotype um, with our biases and generalize and automatically assume that these people are guilty of something automatically assume that they're criminal when they are not and so the thing for me is with the police something needs to change some kind of reformation you need to change with their training or something because the whole thing with these rights these people are tired black people have literally been they were stolen from their countries hundreds of years ago they were enslaved they have been prosecuted their children weren't even they weren't even allowed to claim their children as theirs they weren't even allowed to get married and so to think that after all those years finally they processed it when people bring up Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., they always said that he was a peaceful man. He explains why riots come about. Mm -hmm. And he says that the only reason why riots happen is because there is injustice. Um, and that is what stirs the people. Um, and for me, I'm just like, even since then, and that was decades ago, and it is still going on. And for me, I'm just like, I know that a lot of, I've noticed that um, a lot of Pacifica people on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook keep saying, why are we looking at America's situation when there are things happening in our own countries? The thing for me is any injustice anywhere is injustice period, injustice yeah. period. And we should be outraged for those people and for our own people. And so for me, um, when I see this, and sometimes I've seen people piggyback other issues onto those. So for example, earlier in the week with Sorry Day, I saw other people try to say, oh, us as Pacifica people can relate because our people are enslaved as well. For me, that is not the time. This is not the focus. Yeah, for agree. me, stop, stop trying to detract let an issue shine on its own i shouldn't say shine on its own but let it be let it have the spotlight and for me if you want to highlight how our people were enslaved make it make a, your own post about it make your own thread if you want to talk about the west papua freedom liberation which is very important then it deserves its own thread it deserves its own spotlight stop piggybacking our own issues on the black rights liberation movement mm. that is not right um and so for me i just can't help but be angry and be upset because you know, a lot of the time we try to say, or you, we have to think of them as our mother, as our father. At the end of the day, they're just people, period. Mm -hmm. They do not deserve to see, they do not deserve to die. They don't deserve to struggle to breathe. They, do, they don't deserve to be recorded. While their mothers have to watch everyone looking at this, can they just be given air to breathe? Justice just needs to come about. And I'm just sick of all this crap going about it. <laughs>
insensitivity of one, the detraction, like you're saying, of another, it makes everything worse about it. The lack of acknowledgement, what happened to George Floyd and the focus on the looting that took place mm. after. That's just so beside the point. The question shouldn't be, oh, that's bad. We should be asking ourselves, how did we get here? Why are they doing this? To resolve the issues. Mm-hmm. But stuff like that, when, when it comes out to the extreme, it just confuses the people that are reading it. And I think it's sad and confusing and people are posting without really reading context into what that article is saying or who researched it. It's dumb. I, I don't like it. I don't know about you guys, but I hate that in terms of the looting that's kind of no in terms of like the the extremes of both sides that just detract from the fact that this man was a man and that should be enough and that should be it i think for me a lot of the time a lot of the people i have on facebook for example are a lot of my church and family family connections on twitter it's a lot of the things that i actually follow because i want to i want to understand i want to learn i want to I want to hear people's opinions. On Instagram, that's where I usually just put all the let things look pretty kind of things. And a lot of the time on my Instagram stories, that's where I'll usually post um, my thoughts because they disappear within 24 hours. Um, And so a lot of the time for me, what I see on Facebook have been the polar opposites have been um, the opinions and thoughts of my church and family friends in opposed to the people. and, and, And a lot of that I disagree. Um, a lot of them have been putting up things where they say that these people are protesting the wrong way. And a lot of them say, oh, this is, this is wrong. They shouldn't be writing and looting. And the focus has been taken away. For me, I'm just like, where were you when a lot of these other people, for example, Breonna Taylor, um, Ahmed Aubrey, where, were, where was your outrage then? Your outrage only comes now and that does not make sense to me. So for me, the polar opposites have been um, a lot of the people who... I feel should know better um, who we, we talk and we preach about compassion having open hearts and a lot of the rhetoric I've seen has been very harsh and has been very cold and for me they have been focusing on the wrong things for example property and all that stuff you, you're, you're, you're telling people to react in a certain way when you have never been in those shoes we have never been in those shoes we should be the last people to talk we have no right to talk. Mm. And so for me, that's, that's only been the, the different opinions have been seeing the reality of people who are actually in those situations. And then people, for example, us who watch and we have opinions. Um, and for me, I'm just like, there's, there's, there's a difference. There's a, there's a wide difference in that. For me, I think about that, that saying that there are certain things that, um, what is it, that saying? This is one of those things that has broken the camel's back. Mm. And there's just been so many instances which has built up to the surge of angriness and, um, you know, the the oppressive power that's that these people have faced. And this, people are reacting. And I don't think that we should shame them for that. And so, like, just to... I don't know. I think to make it seem like I, I know that we have a lot of a lot of our listeners are Pacifica people, even people who are in Australia, New Zealand. We would not. It's not our country. And so the question I want to ask is, what do we do to actively combat that? Like, what are some things that people can or what we can we do to support the the Black Lives Black Lives Matter movement? 
or what do we do to combat our own inner prejudices and at the same time racism that we hear within our own circle our own social circle for me like i i think about how over the years a lot of the time i love hip-hop <laughs> i i love rap and after different things that i've read and different things that i've watched i I had to make a conscious choice to remove the n-word or the use of the n-word because it is not my word. I have no right to use it. I have no right to repeat it, even though I love the song, even though I'm, I'm with the vibe. And I Do you still it. listen to the song? Yeah, of course. I still listen to it. And I listen to the explicit version because it's true to form. It's raw. It's, what the <laughs> it's artist, my favourite kind. It's what the artist wanted me <laughs> so to hear. So for me, I listen to it. But I omit from using it. And that has taken... It's been a trial and error thing for me. Um, and I admit that and I noticed that because a lot of the time we hear it in movies and stuff uh, we, We've adapted <laughs> we adopt a lot of the AVI language, which is um, the type of, of, of speech that um, a lot of black Americans use mm. And so we do the hey girl sister and a lot of the time with the in please and it's not you know if a lot of the time we, we find things where we kind of appropriated their culture yeah. and so for me I'm just like as a person who has not, they're not my people. I shouldn't say they're not my people. It is in my community. Um, I have no right to use the N-word. Um, at the same time, there are other different things in our own community where, for me, I'm just like, it's a conversation that we, continue, we need to continue to have, point out, call it out, even within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we do have to consciously make a choice to kind of change those, those ways of thinking. So do you think, in regards to not just using offensive language but do you think we should omit trying to speak like that at all do you think that's appropriating the black culture there was this guy on twitter and he said a lot of the time we want we want black people's rhythm but we don't want their blues mm. um and so for me i'm just like if you're gonna use their language if you're gonna try to do you know be a rapper if you if you want to look like them and you like you want to look like African Americans, you want to adopt their hairstyles, you want to adopt the way they, the way that they dress. Then, if you're going to take the good, then at least highlight the bad things that happen to them. When it comes to these issues, scream it out, talk about it, post it, sign petitions, donate to um, bond release things that you know when when people are taken into jail, they have those mm -hmm. like donate to those to those to those matters and those issues. So that's the thing for me. If you're gonna appropriate if we i shouldn't say you because i am part of the problem too if we're going to do that then at least we should highlight the, the things the injustices that are happening to them as well and i think we should just also just educate ourselves on these issues as well um and just like what Silo was saying and that's all i have to add yes. something that came up in my mind as you're speaking is the the opposite side of the spectrum in, when it comes to extremes I, I personally don't agree with this, but I wanted to see what your views were when it comes to silence being complicit. There's the one meme of Colin Kaepernick kneeling and then the George Floyd, a picture of what happened to George Floyd. Then if you're annoyed by one and not the other, then you're part of the problem. I understand that comparison, but I have seen rhetoric arise where people saying, if you're silent about this, then you you're also a part of the problem. There's so many factors to that. What counts as silence? How should they express it? Who's to say what counts as being enough? I don't think the remedy to this is to broad stroke the other way. There's nuance to this issue. There's some things black and white, totally agree. 
what happened to George Floyd, that incident is absolutely wrong. Despicable. But when it comes to the reactions, villainizing people that don't show it the same way you do? Um, I think for me, it personally depends on how you define silence. For me, I obviously this gave me a a really good um, start to really reflect on my values and morals as a person and what I can do in within my power to support not only people within my community but other people of color. Um, which I was saying earlier on, where you know I've identified that I've normalized situations like this so much that it has become really problematic to me. And that, for me, is me not being silent. Mm. I mean, silence for somebody else could be, you know, using their platforms that they have to display the support for both people of colour and, and our black community as well. Um, but it really comes down to how the individual defines silence. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, like, I, I think there's a difference between silence and when you're just complacent. Everyone shows... Yeah does things in different ways. So for me, I'm the type where I can be very vocal, but someone else is probably more, um, you know, a lot more, like they'll be the type to like private message and, and whatnot. We all have our different ways of communication. And so for me, like I love what Lamar was saying, you don't have to be on social media all the time and posting it, like how I've been annoying. <laughs> but other people have different ways of doing it. Mm -hmm. Some people will just silently sign petitions. Other people, they will just focus on their own social circles and, and their family. Something that I noticed with me is I find it hard sometimes to have these conversations with people that I love and that I'm close with. Mm -hmm. So for example, it's easy for me to call out, hey, 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 don't say the N-word or why are you wearing that Native American headdress if, if I don't know them? It's easy for me to point that out when it is my dad, when it is a sibling, when it is my mom, when it is my cousin, when it is my close friend, it is very hard for me to call it out because I do not want to hurt them. And I notice that sometimes with us, we can be quite guarded with our conversations as well. Like for example, when we're talking about um, these kind of matters or even like white privilege and whatnot, because we're trying to protect the different white people that we love, mm. that we're close with. Uh, but the thing for me is, this issue is important enough that we should talk about it with the people that we love. And they should know us enough to know that we are not saying it out of hate or out of judgment, but that we are saying it out of love. And so for me, for example, tonight I had a video call with my cousins. Uh, we, we chat all the time and we were talking about um, the word that we casually and normally use in Samoan language, which is meoli. And that is the, the word or the term that we would refer to black people. Um, and I remember I was telling them that I had I had read and I had seen a document, an old document, some document where someone would fill in a form and the term is not meoli for black people, it is tangata ururi. Um, meoli, the direct English translation is black thing. Tangata ururi is black people. And so for me, I was telling them, um, my cousin was saying, you know, sometimes we can be a little bit sensitive uh, as people from like first world countries. And she goes, in Samoa, it's not a big deal. That, that isn't really what it means. Um, but the thing for me is a lot of the time we don't understand where it came from, but it is a loaded thing. So having those discussions, trying to find ways to use the correct terms. So for me, it is omitting even the use of the word meori. From now on, I will refer to them as peop uh, people who are of darker skin as Tignata or people from Afilika, which is Africa. Um, for me, I'm just like, it is not right for me to remove the human part of them and call them a black thing. 
it, does, it just doesn't sit right with, with, with my spirit. I think having those conversations with our social circles and family and just trying, even though it's hard, <laughs> but just doing it anyway because it's necessary. Um, it's a bit, it's, it's, it's a bit empty. But anyways, I'll read it and then we can just cut it if we want. No, wait, wait. How long oh, is it? Okay. Edit, just, edit just yourself. Okay, so there is, um, so just to close it off, Samuel Getachu um, wrote an article where he said, um, Christian Cooper could have been walking through the park sagging his pants with tattoos, covering his face and neck with flashy jewellery and with no knowledge of birding and no college degree. He could have fit every racial stereotype and he still wouldn't have deserved wouldn't have deserved to be threatened. He would have just had as much right to ask Amy Cooper to leash her dog and her actions would have been equally unjustifiable. But when we emphasize how non-threatening some black people appear, we inadvertently wind up ratifying fears of, of about other black people. When we put certain black people, Ivy League educated, urbane and attractive on a pedestal, we're suggesting a hierarchy that says black people have to be exceptional just to be allowed to live. Black lives and black rights matter whether, we're edu whether they are educated or were educated, well connected or attired a certain way. We should be allowed to be unremarkable without that having any bearing on our safety. We don't owe anyone exceptionalism in exchange for respect or for the valuation of our lives. Samuel get it true. Yes, so <laughs> so I asked the Instagrams some questions. Well, actually, I asked them for questions, and we have a few to answer. Okay, so the first one is from Moi, and she has asked, if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, mine came immediately, and it, it's kind of annoying. Humble yourself, man. <laughs> you need to humble your damn self, because you have an inflated ego, and it will continue to grow until you check yourself. And it will come crashing down when you were 23. But it can be, a, it doesn't have to be as dramatic if you just humble yourself and prep for that rude awakening. Um, mine would be, don't be such a fifth value, which means like, don't be such a skitty cat. Um, and just like, take a chance, try things. Yeah, that'll be my piece of advice to myself. Uh, mine would possibly be, because I feel like I'm on a RuPaul Drag Race episode. Yeah. And Mama Ruby be asking me this question. Um, mine would just be like embrace your weirdness, embrace the quirkiness that you entail because it will get you to places. <laughs> no, um, in short, um, just really embrace your weirdness because when you conform to a basicness, I mean, that's boring. No, cut that out. I don't no, want that. <laughs> I think that's awesome. No, I think that's awesome. Yeah. 
that's really good advice I think for everybody yeah And but if you are one of the boring ones and like unlucky but I love just boring like, yeah like just be yourself be your boring self be you everybody say you you yeah. everybody say you I can't do that kind of ref <laughs> you're like even I'm the, not vocally blessed if there's more way. than three notes no just, if more than three notes on one syllable you want me to twerk no. it out maybe but <laughs> twerk on beat I can do it okay go next question Okay, the next question is, what is or would be your drag name and why? Ooh, you oh have God. thought about this already. Stop no, lying. I haven't. I haven't either. How I don't watch mean? RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, what are the kind of names they have? Um, so, I guess some of my favorites from this season of RuPaul's Drag Race, Heidi and Closet. <laughs> so, it's like yes. hiding in Closet. I got it, yeah. What would be my drag name? What would be yours? Mine would be a little me goody with the big fat titties. Yes! <laughs> yes! Um. <laughs> I can't even, I wouldn't even know. I, I don't even. What would, oh, here's flip it then. Lamar, if you could give me a drag name, what would you call me? Because I can't think of one myself. Oh, well, I would, and I'll give you time to think of yours. I would, oh, something like with petty in it. Why? Is it because of my instant name? No. No, because you are petty. I'm not. Um, <laughs> I am. You are petty. Petty Betty? Petty Bear. Petty Bear? Like Teddy Bear, bear. Oh. yeah. Oh. oh. No? Not a good one? Yeah, no, that's that's cool. So I good. That's amazing. You know, that's guys, so if good. if you could see their faces. You would know the the lies that no, are coming out of I their mouth. No, so like if you were to enter a room and you had to introduce yourself, how would you do it? So like for me, I would enter the room like, let me greet it with the big fat titties. <laughs> and then you'll come in and then you'll be like. Mine, I would want to pop out of the stage like, um, like the, the Kelly and Michelle oh. at the Super Bowl. Oh. That's how I'd want to enter. And then how would you say your drag name? Pity Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Pity Bear. Kind of hey guys, I'm Pity Bear. <laughs> hey, why'd you make me sound deaf? Why'd you make me sound deaf? Oh, I'm on the the deaf computer. Oh, they can't hear us. That's <laughs> Savage, but I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. I've never thought of what would be a drag name for me. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe um. Okay, this question is going to be for the next episode. Okay. We have to come up with an entrance. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh, with an entrance. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. I'll go for it. On hold. Drag names. Teddy bear. What are some differences between Aussie and New Zealand Pacific Islanders? Sila, you asked this question. Stop lying. You made a well, fake. I was born and raised in Auckland, New Zealand. Tamaki Makara. So I was born and raised in Auckland. You started with my grandpa's yeah. voice. I was back in my day. Tamaki Makara. So I, I, we moved, my family moved over to Australia when I was 17. So I have, in my mind, a good grasp of what Pacific Islanders and New Zealand are like. 
I think Pacific Islanders in New Zealand are fortunate. Um, you're surrounded by a lot of, you have a lot more awareness of culture and of other Pacific Island cultures. Um, so a lot of the time you do have some kind of understanding when it comes to language, when it comes to um, dances and things like that. So for me, I think that's a, 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 a very positive thing for, for New Zealand Islanders, Pacifica people. Australia Pacifica people, I hate that we use the term FOB <laughs> in reference to ourselves. Um, I, when I first moved over to Australia, I was really shook because I was just like, wait, I'm a what? And these were people, uh, I was the only Islander in my year when I went to um, a school in Liverpool. <laughs> and um, they said, oh, so you're a fob? And I was like, no, I'm not. And that for me, I was just like, oh, I've noticed that a lot of the Pacifica people in Australia, I don't know who started it and I don't know who adopted it, but that is not a term mm. that we should refer to ourselves as. I think that's weird because in New Zealand. Or let I, other people refer to ourselves as that. I grew up in New Zealand and we called, that's what we called ourselves. Nah, we called people who came from <laughs> the islands. Oh, my auntie, oh, she's fob. Like no, you we just say, say fresh. she's freshy. We said fresh, yeah. But within that, the community. Yeah, within the yeah. community. But that's what we would refer to people who came refer to our own people who came straight from the islands and mm. a lot of the time it's because we refer to how they dress and how they spoke which is not good no thank everybody for listening in uh, i'm sefa i'm sila i am your one because if you wanna have some fun i'm shalomar and yeah, oh yeah, I am Shalama. This is the end of night table. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If you didn't know, I have a new mic. <laughs> 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 Let me know when you're gonna stop. I wish I could say.